Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee, and join us for some Barnyard Language, honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people. Welcome to another episode of Barnyard Language. And this is going to be the closest episode to Mother's Day. So if you are a mother, happy Mother's Day. If you know a mother or you've got a mother, then make sure to go and wish her a happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day, Katie. Happy Mother's Day to you too, Arlene. Thanks. So as farm people, um, I know I'm kind of hoping for rain on Mother's Day so we can actually do something. What are what are your thoughts on the Mother's Day weather as a, a farm parent? Honestly, our 10th wedding anniversary and my birthday are also the same week as Mother's Day. Woo! So, All together. Yeah. Um... My goal is just that everybody be alive and still speaking to each other at the end of the week. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good Um, goal to have. Yeah, we're talking about going to a concert in uh, September to celebrate Mother's Day. That's okay. Kind of good enough. You know, if you start talking about planning it near Mother's Day, it's like a Mother's Day thing. And honestly, Jim bought me a new garden cart, which was very exciting. That is actually what I wanted for Mother's Day. This was not just like a like a vacuum cleaner for Mother's Day, which mm-hmm. I would also be stoked about. Um, when <laughs> yeah, we first got married, right. my mother-in-law was very frustrated by my enjoyment of practical gifts. But, you know, especially when you're younger and broker or older and broker, it's really nice to get the things that are a little nicer and useful. Yeah, that's true. Than what you already have. Yeah, something that you're going to use every day. Yeah, that's right. But how often do we leave the house? Exactly. And I'll tell you that uh, the new garden cart has a dump bucket on it. So you can just fill it with mulch and then dump it instead of having to scoop it back out. And that was real nice. Mm -hmm. So I've already got my money's worth out of it. I'll post pictures. Um, And for our poor patrons who are looking at my hair today... I uh, washed it yesterday and then slapped the farm hat that Arlene's husband gave me on over it while it was still wet and then happily went about my day and took my hat off at the end of the day. And this is what it looks like when you do that. So if you're wondering how bad my hair looks, you can join our Patreon and then you too can see how ridiculous I look pretty much all the time. Yeah, because one of the perks of being a patron is you get to see us do our updates and not just hear us. So if you want to see what's happening behind uh, Katie's desk or what's happening on either of our heads on any given day when we do our updates, that's what a patron can can enjoy. And other perks, too, of course. But in all seriousness, Patreon does help make this show happen. So if you are a listener and you enjoy the show even a little bit, then that would be a fantastic Mother's Day gift for both of us, or Katie's birthday present, or an anniversary gift if you're into that kind of thing. Whatever. Katie's got all the occasions. Or if you feel like you could enjoy this show more, if it were better, then <laughs> pledging to Patreon is also a great way to help us do that. Because that would be nice. Making yeah. the show is not free. And if I had more coffee and... um. 
you know, the, the editing software in that is not free, then I bet we could make an even better show than the one that you are presumably already enjoying because otherwise you wouldn't still be listening. Yeah. Um, anyway. So what's going on in Iowa, Katie? Other than all the occasions. It's well, first, spring. now that the lambing report is done, we're getting a bird report because I'm a nerd and I'm half this podcast and I can. The hummingbirds are back. The Baltimore Orioles are back. The rose-breasted grosbeaks are back. Um, there was somebody else that I saw was back. Anyway, I also saw a barred owl very up close the other day. That was super cool. And the turkey vultures are back. They're my favorite. So, whatever. Uh, the guys got some field work done. They got some hay and some oats planted. So that's awesome. Uh, we had she's cows looking, escape, I think. She's looking out the, the last... window. <laughs> yeah. For the listeners. Uh, well, I was looking to see if that goddamn cow had escaped again yet today. <laughs> and no, she has not that I've seen her. Um, thankfully, our kids are now old enough to wander down to the living room and say, hey, daddy, there's a cow in the yard, which is actually pretty helpful. Right. When it's um, not supposed to be in that yard. Yeah. So if anybody wants a, a heifer with a nice calf on her side, let us know because she's for sale. I hope your fences are better than ours. <laughs> um, we're preparing to ship one of our airshers north for Arlene's daughter's graduation gift. So no. Hugh, I hope you have room in the barn. Not yeah, happening. Yeah. Jim said to tell Hugh that going Jersey was one step closer to going Ayrshire. Right. So yeah. Y'all are just sliding into that pit. Um, other than that, not a whole heck of a lot. We're in that weird part of spring where it went from very cold to very, very warm in like two days and it's raining. So... Once again, like every spring, we've realized that the lawnmower blades have not gotten sharpened and the oil has not gotten changed and things are growing very quickly. So, other than that, not a whole heck of a lot. What's going on at your place, Arlene? Well, on the lawn mowing front, having older kids means that I'm not cutting the lawn anymore, which is pretty fun. So we, uh, we've already cut the grass, I think, four times already, which is... Seems like a lot considering it's pretty early in the year, but it, yeah, like you said, it's been growing fast. We had a ton of rain, so we have actually not done any planting yet because it's just been too wet. We had torrential rain for about a week. Uh, well, not torrential every day, but there was some really heavy rains and then there was just like drizzle for days on end. So it's looking like this week is supposed to not rain, at least for a little while. My husband is waiting on the rented rock picker to be ready because he has to go pick that up. Um, the good thing about you cleaning out... You have four kids. Why do you need to rent a rock picker? I was about to say. So the good thing about cleaning, taking out fence rows is that you get bigger fields. But when you take out fence rows, you have generations worth of stones that generations worth of people have picked and thrown into those fence rows. So it's not that we don't want our kids to pick stones, but some of these things, some of these stones are genuinely too big for anyone to pick up. And there are also a lot of them. So in a lot of these fence rows that we have cleaned out, you know, in the last two, three, four years, anyone who has stony ground knows that those those rocks keep working their way to the surface somehow so uh yeah there 
the rock picking that needs to be done at this point is beyond what human beings are going to be able to handle. So he has to go and pick that up and bring it back here to the farm for round one of spring rock picking for some of the fields to get worked up. Or I guess, yeah, the fields are worked up, but the stones need to go before we can plant. So that should happen this week, and then planting is going to happen. And in the barn, um, one of our special cows, my husband calls her his uh, emotional support cow, Apple Crisp. She'll be 12 this year. She had a baby the other day, so it was kind of a special one. So it was my 15-year-old has been waiting for ear tag number 1,000 to come around. So this heifer calf got ear tag number 1,000. She was born on the day of the coronation, and she's Apple Crisp's daughter. So we got a special little calf born on the weekend, and Apple Crisp was not doing the best um, leading up to and during delivery, but she seems to have bounced back. The vet was in to check on her again today, and she seems to be doing okay. So Fingers crossed, Apple Crisp is doing well, and I think Apple's, we're at the A year, so her calf is also going to start with Apple, so I think it's Apple, either Apple Jubilee or Apple Crown. We're still uh, negotiating what this one's going to be called, so those are our uh, contenders right now. You could really reach both our uh, more boozy audience and our more British audience by calling her Apple Crown Royal. Yes, well, Apple Crown was the short form of, uh, yeah, Apple Crown Royal. Okay. I'm not sure good, how many... Good, I'm uh, glad we went the same direction with Yeah, that. how many letters <laughs> we can put in. The whole That whole thing might be too many. Um, but yeah, Apple Crown was the was short version. So we'll see. Are you a royal person? Did you watch the Jubilee or the, the coronation at all? No, I caught up with it in the news and that was really enough for me. Mm-hmm. Was is was it as big of a deal there? Do you think like because I know like in our town there were like not huge but like there were coronation parties like people had like gatherings and that kind of stuff. No, not so much a thing. I know you're not a Commonwealth no. country. I'm just wondering what the differences are. Arlene, we fought an entire damn war to not have to care about your coronations. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, um, no, I mean we had mass shootings and the Kentucky Derby to attend to. Yeah, so, there you go. That yeah, sounds warm. Probably watching the coronation would have been better. All right. So we have a very special Mother's Day episode. And um, after you listen, you need to check social media and see some photos. Because the little person that all of our guests are talking about in this episode was actually born a little while ago. So she is here and I'm sure is being loved by so many, many people from the sounds of the conversation that we had with her parents and the people who brought her into the world. So we are really excited for you to listen to this episode. I think this is the most guests we've ever had on one episode, too. There were, what, four and yeah. a half people yeah. involved in this one? Four in a hospital so. room. So it was not the interview yeah. we were expecting, but I, it was, uh, yeah, it was an amazing conversation and we're really excited for you guys to, to hear it. Today we are very excited to be talking to Hannah Jungling and a few guests who will be uh, popping in and out of the interview. So currently she's in Georgia, but we're going to get more context on uh, where she is and, and what's happening. So before we even get into our usual first question, I'm going to ask uh, where you are and uh, what you're up to at this very moment. So we're hanging out in Georgia at the University Hospital waiting on a cute little baby to show up. 
Very exciting. So we're going to get more, more info on that, but we'll start with our in our usual way so that people don't get confused. So we always start out with our first question, which is what are you growing? So we know a baby, um, but that can also cover crops, livestock, careers, businesses, all kinds of other stuff. So Hannah, what else are you growing? So we have a horse farm here in Aiken, South Carolina. And so we breed a few horses a year. Um, we do a little bit of selling, a little bit of training, lots of showing. Um, we also are currently growing a couple baby goats and there's a bunch of turkeys in the incubator and, <laughs> and a couple of eggs sitting under a hen. So we're just all sorts of things. That's a lot of stuff. Um, what kinds of horses and what kinds of showing? I'm, I'm not a horse person, but I'm sure there are people out there oh. who are curious. No, you're fine. So we do mostly Connemara crosses. So they're an Irish bred, smaller horse. Um, and we cross those with warm bloods and sport horses at home um, to do uh, three-day eventing and dressage is our main competing style. So it's a lot Very of fun. Cool. Yeah. And so are the turkeys and chickens for your own use? Are you selling them? Or are you... Uh, the what's, turkey, what's... Um, we normally name sometime in the summer, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Yeah. Um, and then the chickens are, we have all laying hens right now. At some point, we'd like to get doing some meat hens. Um, and then we just got into, we got two baby goats. Um, and the female will be a dairy goat. And the male is her little companion. He loses his nut nuts here next month. So. <laughs> and Hannah, you have one other child, right? We do. We have a six-year-old, almost seven, um, Tempe. I figured out that we've known each other for 23 years. That's insane. Were you younger than Tempe when we met? No, I probably would have been about the same age. I would probably have been seven or eight. So about the same age. Isn't that crazy? For like our super scandalous moment for the week, my mom dated Hannah's dad for a while. Totally. And that's how we know each other. <laughs> um, so Hannah... Other question. Are you any taller than you were nope. at seven? Yeah, no, nope, I didn't stopped. think so. It just all stopped, Katie, I'm telling you. <laughs> you can't tell from the video, but Hannah is, I don't know, like a foot shorter than I am. <laughs> I barely hit five foot and all my brothers are over six. I'm not sure where the bullshit happened, but it did. Oh, I think they knew that that much attitude in a bigger body would be dangerous. So That's they, you know, valid. like a golf handicap or a, a racing <laughs> handicap, you know handicap or a little for everybody's safety i love it so hannah did you grow up on a farm or do you have a background in egg what's your uh, what's your farm story we grew up in town but i grew up on the horse like i, I was out on the horse farm all the time so i grew up at a, a farm out in stone city iowa um that i was at daily constantly i mean i've always been just completely horse obsessed so starting the time i was about six i was out there constantly but no i, I grew up in town <laughs> that leads in real well to how did you manage to make being a horse girl like a real job you know for uh, anyone else who's wondering how to uh, make this transition that's, that's don't make money in horses so <laughs> you make money other ways. Um, so I was a massage therapist for 15 years. And then I taught riding lessons on the side for 15 years and trained horses. Um, and uh, you had a great time doing it. And when we moved to South Carolina, we just decided we wanted to take a step back and have more family time. And so we, we built out our farm ourselves. And uh, like I said, we breed a little bit on the side. Uh, we sell a little bit. 
um, do a tiny bit of training, but I actually do a lot more braiding now. So I braid horses at night for the hunter jumper shows, which is extraordinarily lucrative, like embarrassingly lucrative. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, you're in the, with the horses at night and they're quiet and they're happy and they know the job and it's just, it's really nice. And then I have my whole week to do my normal life at home with my family. And, um, the barn is, you know, our farm is just lovely and quiet and serene. It's just, it's perfect. So, I mean, do I make a living necessarily off the horses? No, because that's impossible. They're way too expensive. <laughs> but we, we incorporate them into life. So you're like really living the horse girl dream by getting paid to play with your horse's hair. Literally, Katie, it's ridiculous. It is. I, that's amazing. I finished the weekend and it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's wild. So it's super fun. We absolutely love it. That's bonkers. I love yeah, it. I'm, right. I'm so here for this. Right. And, and Hannah practices braiding all the time. Does she have the best hairstyles for Crazy Hair Day? No, because I'm terrible at doing uh, human hair. Like, terrible. So my short <laughs> yeah. that pass together. Um, and uh, uh, so I'm terrible at doing hair. So I can, I can braid hers a little bit and stuff, but not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not quite enough of it. Like there needs to, no. <laughs> she needs to uh, grow so, it for it, years. Know, the funny things to complain about, you know, hers is so soft and silky and horses are much more <laughs> horse and yeah. they don't complain. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And um, you, your husband's in the room with you as well. Does he work on farm or in egg or uh, what's, what's your story? So I have a normal job, <laughs> project manager for the Normal. Um, a normal job. I work to the bone fixing all the things that the horse girls break through today. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we do. That sounds about right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Hannah, we talk a lot on this podcast about, I mean, Katie and I end up going back to this a lot about becoming parents for the first time in that transition from Absolutely. being being a, a human unto yourself and then you know, the, the transition to being, being a parent, what was that like for you with your, you know, the, with your daughter? It was, a lot of it was good and a lot of it was challenging. I think it's, I think the evolution of becoming a parent is challenging in every fact of the matter. We had, we had complications with our, um, not complications, but just things we had to adapt to. Bryce was working full-time and going to school full-time and I'm self-employed. So Tempe was with me 24 seven. And, um, you know, we just had to work through figuring those things out. And I was so fortunate that I was able to, um, I was a very good milk cow. And so I produced a lot of milk and it was very simple to just have her attached to me all the time. She lived, I mean, she literally lived attached to my body, um, for the first two years, uh, and was with us at the barn all the time. I taught with her constantly. She traveled, she was 10 days old at her first horse show, three States away. You know, um, she just, she had to kind of jump and just roll with the punches like the rest of us. Um, but it definitely was an adaptation, um, to figure out and, and then moving down here and figuring out school and everything, our, our, our schools aren't as, uh, exceptional. And so, um, just figuring out the processes of everything. And I think as moms, parents in general, we take on the role of, you want to produce, a kind and gentle human to give back to the world because we have to give them back to the world. And so Bryce and I've really taken a lot of um, responsibility over that. 
that we want to make sure we're producing a good little human that will hopefully go on and do good little human things someday in the world. But it's, yeah, it's a challenge. I think people that don't think it's a challenge are, are definitely uh, toying with themselves. And Hannah, before we get any further, how many horses does Tempe have now? Oh, well, let's see. Um, So she's got her hot sauce pony, who is the cutest pony in the entire world that's ever existed. Um, Arlene, Katie will have to send you pictures on Facebook. It is like literally the cutest pony. Um, And then she recently hijacked my husband's horse. (laughs) And then she's got her eyes set on one of my yearlings that she seems to think is going to be hers. So, uh, but she's, you know, going back to that, you know, raising children, I I think it's so important to raise them around animals. And, uh, you know, I always tell Bryce, my, my favorite thing in the whole world is when she doesn't hear me behind her or see me and you hear her talking to the animals, you know, and she's so sweet and gentle and, you know, she's at the fence and the babies have their head over the fence and she's smooching them and telling them how beautiful they are and, you know, talking in baby voices to them and, you know, snuggling the cats and all of that. Like, it's just, it's really special to see that relationship growing. Part of, uh, why we're, talking to so many of you today and in the hospital. Um, Do you want to just tell us why there are so many people in this room with you, Hannah? So we've got a bit of a party going on right now. Um, I, we only ever wanted one child and we felt very fortunate that we had a very healthy pregnancy and a very healthy birth and we have a wonderful little girl. And um, we always talked about being surrogates and that it would be a really cool experience. And it just kind of never panned out for us. And we've talked about it for about six years. And so then we just, life was crazy and busy and we thought maybe it just wasn't in the cards. And I don't know, it was over a year ago now, about a year and a half ago, um, I started thinking about it again, but I didn't really want to say anything to Bryce until I'd sat with it for a bit. So I kind of sat with it for like three or four months. Um, and then poor Bryce, I like just dumped it on him one day and was like, so I really want to be a surrogate. And I, I, if you're, if you're in for this, then let's do it. If you don't, then like, we won't, but like, I I really want to do this. And, um, being the ever supportive guy that he is, he was like, well, hell yeah, let's do it. So, um, we found an agency, which is a bit of a challenge. Um, I live a very active life, obviously. And, uh, a lot of the agencies want you to be very, I, yeah, very sedentary. I mean, it's crazy. They just, they don't want you doing anything. Um, and so I finally found an agency that was okay with me riding through the pregnancy and um, living our normal active life, running a busy farm. And uh, they immediately set us up with a couple from Australia. Um, and they didn't realize our parameters and our parameters were that we weren't going to carry for anyone that was straight. So um, they set us up with this lovely couple from Australia, and I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when they had to call them back and say, actually, the surrogate won't carry for you because you're not gay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the very next couple they paired us with was Chris and Jose, who are here with us. Um, And we absolutely fell in love with them the moment we talked to them on the phone and immediately became friends on Facebook and got each other's numbers. And it's a very long process. We met in January last year. And the transfer actually wasn't until September, September. And so through that time, you know, I had to make lots of trips up to Indianapolis and we got to spend a lot of time together and get to know each other really well. And um, it it was like icing on the cake when we first met them and we uh, Bryce immediately started stalking them and they had an Airedale on their website, their dog groomers. 
And as Katie knows, we love Airedales and we lost our beloved Airedale two years ago. And so Bryce called me the moment he saw it on their website and he was like, it's them. It's got to be them. Like it's meant to be. We need to, we need to stick with them. So it's just been, it's been really fun. We've had a blast. They've become some of our very best friends. We talk every day. Um, and now we're at the point where little Emma has decided to come a week or two early, but, um, she's, she's good and cooked and she's ready. So we're just hanging out in the hospital. Yeah. For our listeners, we did not schedule this interview anticipating (laughs) quite this level of excitement, but you know, Hannah's a, she's a trooper and she makes me look really low key and calm. So, (laughs) you know, uh, she said, well, I'm. You know, I'm at the hospital, but we can still do the interview. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah, fine. Um, That's really cool, though, that you got to have this love at first sight connection with the parents of your child in such a a different way than we normally think of. Yeah, it's it's been super awesome. And it's been it's been really exciting. It's been really exciting. And we were thrilled. They only had... um, Chris is biological to this child and uh, he only had one, one little girl embryo. And so it was very exciting. The little Emma took um, because they really wanted a little girl. So it's been super fun. That is really neat. How have you explained it to, to your daughter and how does she understand the process of, of what's been going on? So that's actually hysterical. Um, We, uh, depending on how much people do with breeding, they're familiar or not with the term, but um, we do a lot of breeding with horses, right? And we had three ICSI babies last year. Well, ICSI is the exact same process. So although my daughter has zero idea about natural birds and the bees, um, artificial insemination and ICSI and uh, embryos are like right up her alley. So she has been fortunate enough to be at the vet clinic when we've done a lot of the processes and so she's gotten to see the eggs, um, the sperm, all of it under the microscope, and then see the embryos before we insert them into the mares and then, you know, follow the ultrasounds in the process. And eventually she's there when we birth out the foals. Um, so for her, it was a no brainer. I mean, I just told her we we talked about with her with it, um, with her to make sure she was comfortable with it. And um, we just told her that it's the exact same process that we're caring for some very dear friends that aren't able to carry for themselves. And, you know, our family's going to help make another family. And, you know, as soon as we said ICSI, she was like, oh, so we're making Petri dish babies. I was like, yep, that's what we're doing. So it was easy for explaining it to her. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Because we live on a, a dairy farm. And so, you know, one of my kids' first jobs when they're out in the barn with my husband is, you know, like carrying the lube for him to do artificial insemination on cows. So, <laughs> yeah, breeding and talking about semen and all those kinds of things are, you know, pretty typical for our kids. So it, it probably is easier for them to understand than kids who aren't in, uh, in agriculture or, or used to dealing with livestock. Absolutely. Well, now that being said, there has been a time or two where she's asked, like, so is this how I was made? And Bryce and I very politely are like, oh, we're just kind of like, <laughs> it's a little different. But... <laughs> we're not going to avoid that conversation for a bit. <laughs> What's the going forward? What are you anticipating your relationship being like with this family? Because, I mean, obviously rather than like an open adoption or something like you came at this whole situation very differently than a lot of families who end up mixing two families together like this. I don't think we anticipated 
I don't think Chris and Jose or Bryce and I anticipated having such a close relationship. I think this was a hope. Um, I had told Chris when we initially talked that I thought it'd be really cool. Maybe like get a picture once a year of her as she grows. Um, Cause she's not biologically related to me at all. She's, she's a donor egg and, and uh, Chris's sperm. Um, but uh, you know, we've, just we've become so close and they're literally a part of our family after emma's born we'll actually all go back to the farm for a week um a few days to a week to settle and uh get milk supply up and in um so we should be milk, milk off to them and help them get their feet under them with a newborn baby and um just spend time together and enjoy time together um but no i, I don't it's i know it's definitely not the norm um, and I'm still not quite sure how we got so fortunate to have the relationship that we do, but I'm incredibly thankful for it. Cause we definitely want, want to watch Emma grow up. Um, and Tempe calls her her little cousin and she's been sleeping with a little stuffy for the past month. Um, cause she wants the stuffy to smell like her so that Emma can take it home and remember her smell. Um, so it's been, it's been really sweet. It's been really, really sweet. That is so cute. I love talking to to families that come together more intentionally or with with more luck and less um, normal, I guess. I don't know what to yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of folks who do things kind of the boy meets girl, boy and girl get drunk, boy and girl have a baby kind of way. <laughs> um, you know, but it's, it's so cool to think about all the ways that families are made and how many people that can involve and absolutely uh, and what a what a gift to be able to give someone absolutely um, and they've waited far i mean how long how old were these embryos four years well we started this process we sorry talking about it i'm glad <laughs> hi uh this is jose um say i can so- only see the ceiling but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so technically we started like we started this whole process like around four years ago and it wasn't until the end of um, the, I would say probably 2018, beginning of 2019, that we decided to uh, go forward because we weren't really sure if this is what we really wanted to do. We were not sure if we were ready for kids. But then, like, most of our close friends started having kids throughout COVID, and then we were like, we looked at each other, and they were like, yep, it's time. this is the path. Um, <laughs> I mean, all of our friends are having babies, so I think it's, it's just the, I don't know what it is, the universe, whatever you want to call it. But Stars I think <laughs> And then, um, so yeah, we started the whole process at uh, Midwest Fertility. We called our, an agency, um, uh, close to where we live by, and which, by the way, we're still on their waiting list, um, <laughs> waiting for a certain game. They don't even know that we're, we're actually having a baby yet. And, um, but we, uh, we created embryos, and we, like Hannah mentioned, that we they were frozen for a while because we were still looking for a surrogate. And then uh, Chris called Andrea, one of a, a wonderful person from Midwest that was helping us throughout the process and desperately call her and ask if she knew anything of, of, or of any agencies that we can call. So she mentioned one from Texas that's based in Texas. And um, uh, what's it called, guys? Newborn. Newborn. Advantage. Yeah, yeah newborn, newborn advantage. advantage. And then we call to um, uh, Mindy, who is the 
call it? The coordinator. Yeah, you call it. And then we talked to her, and that was like in around 20, towards the end of 2021, November, around that time. We talked to them, and we were just like, pretty much we are just like looking for someone that can help us and guide us to the right way. And then um, January of 2022, that's when she was like, I think I found the right person. And that's when we met Hannah. We had a phone interview with them. No, a video call. Yeah, We met on a video call. And then it was just kind of like, it was kind of like meant to be. And then, yeah, everything just went um, great since then. That's really neat. I think, sorry, you're never ready for babies. Like, it seems a little rude to tell you that now, like a little, you know, closing the door after the horses are out, but you'll never be ready. But it's the best thing I've ever done. And yeah, hopefully yeah, well, it'll... I mean, I, I can assure that is true because we're not, we're not really ready, but I think we have... A well, lot. we're really not ready for her to come yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot of help back at home and a lot of help, I mean... Um, Bryce and Hannah and even Hannah's family have been just wonderful. And we, we, we know we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll make it through. <laughs> I think it's really cool, too, that you can start your time with this baby without one of you being um, dealing with the physical after effects of having just produced another human, too. Because that, is... that was, I think, the hardest yeah. part is trying to, to heal and deal with a new baby who doesn't sleep. I mean, that your baby so- will totally sleep and cause absolutely no problems ever, but. Katie, I made it feral. It is feral. Yeah. Fer- <laughs> I feel okay about saying this because my kids are totally feral and I've known you for a long time, Hannah. Feral is an accurate description. I have told them from the beginning. I was like, I don't know what it is. It's me. It's me. It's something I do. This thing is wild all the time. I, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> My daughter asked last night if she ever kicked me while I was pregnant with her. And this is, I have five hernias down the middle of my abdomen from her kicking me. Oh my God. Literally destroyed my body. And she's like, I never kicked. Okay, kid. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to add a question in here. Hannah, since you are braiding horses and you said that Chris and Jose are dog groomers, have you thought about like combining forces and then perhaps like a reality show or? I mean, we're trying to convince them to move down to South Carolina, but I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. I'm just picturing the show that you could create from this. And I mean, I would totally watch that. So it would be epic. It would be epic. Mm -hmm. They run, so not only do they run a dog grooming business, they do doggy daycare too and dog boarding. And um, one of the first times I went to their house, the so the whole basement is set up as their dog grooming and boarding area. And one of the first times I went to their house, they opened up the basement door and there had to have been, I mean, there had to have been 30 dogs all just like coming and peering around the corner. And they're like, oh, hello. <laughs> you know? and that is goals. It is hysterical, but people love boarding with them because the dogs are treated like family and they're not left in kennels and, you know, they're out and about and hanging out with everybody. And, um, it's really cool. It's a really cool situation. Do you think that dog grooming leaves them better prepared for dealing with little girl hair than horse grooming does? 
Definitely. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. All right. I've been practicing with, um, so whenever we groom dogs, mainly girl dogs, I like females, uh, uh, and they like poodles, they like all their long hair and stuff like that. Are you putting bows in? Yeah. <laughs> I put bows in. So I, I, I specifically, like, we specifically order like, 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 like cute bows so I can like... And then I think I got the hang of it. So I, I'm all set for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jose is perfect. Watch this baby be the baldest child ever. Like, you you know, those babies that don't have hair until they're like two. <laughs> we did an ultrasound, a 3D ultrasound. We had the best. They did a big baby shower. What was that, two weeks ago? It wasn't that long ago. They did this huge baby shower back in Indianapolis. And um, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Uh, Jose's family is obviously Hispanic and cooked up the most incredible food. And um, they have so much family and everybody's so excited. And we had such a great stinking time. And I can't remember where I was going with us. Something about <laughs> hair. Bows. Oh, and that's right. We did a 3D ultrasound while we were there. <laughs> And um, it was, oh my God, the food was so good. I Sorry, the food got, it, oh, Katie, it was lamb and it was amazing. Oh my God. Yum. It was so good. Oh, it was so good. Um, but um, they did a 3D ultrasound. We had so much fun, but she has so much hair on the ultrasound already. And I was like, well, there's where all the heartburn came from. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully there'll be some good hair for Jose to play with. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I love Hannah as the, the mom of a pretty girly child myself and she's like why can't you do hair better and I'm like kid look at me like my hair is real short too like you know why my hair is short because i am not the one you want for this baby no and who's got time for that i'm sorry i do not have time yeah. for that i'm trying to find one of the moms at daycare that i can like legit just pay off to deal with my kid's hair because That's i am amazing. not i am not here for this just That's not. amazing <laughs> Oh, Katie's got more. Go. Arlene, I forgot the second <laughs> half of my question because I got okay, all distracted sorry. by Jose's family's food. Um, <laughs> so you so would have been you, you said you were a total milk cow for the first kid, and I think you already partly answered this, but what's the plan for feeding this baby? So Let's talk about got, food, Hannah. Let's just let's talk about food. circle back to food. Um, we've, got, um, we've got a really cool situation with Chris and Jose that um, – They've been very open about uh, breastfeeding and birth and everything um, and just figuring out what is going to A, be best for Emma and B, what's going to be feasible for all of us. And um, so that was kind of how we came to, you know, let's get Emma here and safely and then um, go back to the farm and settle and we can all kind of help each other. I mean, four hands are far better than two. Um, and all I think you have eight out. hands between the four of you, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. good. Matt, <laughs> I just I can't check. Hard. Um, but uh, just kind of get everybody settled, and that'll give me time to get my milk in. Um, and I was very fortunate that I was an absolute cow last time. Uh, so hopefully if they're here for about a week, we can get a bunch of milk frozen up for them to send off with, and then we'll be shipping milk up north for them um, weekly. So that should be a pretty good situation. And last time I produced, um, I fed Tempe, obviously. And then I also pumped. I had a girlfriend who did not nurse well. And so I pumped and fed her baby half of his milk as well. And then I also donated about 600 ounces. So it was, I was very 
good milk cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good supply for so, sure. Yeah. Fingers crossed that happens again. I know it's not always the same and pumping will be different, obviously, than having a, a baby on the breast all the time. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But that's the hope. That's the hope. Mm-hmm. I like that you're setting up a meal train now, you know, right? for the baby. Right? Why not? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool. So I'm sure that every surrogacy experience is, is different, but can you talk a little bit about the steps um, like medically that you go through? Like say someone else was interested or, or curious about, about how it works. So what did it look like for you? And you've talked a lot about kind of the delays and how long everything takes. So I'm also kind of curious about what, what happens along the way. I think the longest process was probably legal. Wouldn't you say the attorneys? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Cause I don't think it was, I think it was like April before or May even before we started on the actual process of physical process. Um, so the attorney portion took a really long time and, and I feel like we were all very simple on the contracts. Like we, we were like, we were, we're pretty easy. Like whatever you guys say, um, I just think it takes a long time to get everything squared away. And, um, we have the challenge too, that you're dealing with all these different States. Right. Um, so they're from Indianapolis, uh, but and we're from South Carolina, but the laws in Georgia are actually more agreeable for surrogacy. And um, we're thankfully about, I don't know, 15 minutes from the border yeah. of Georgia. So that's why we're in Georgia to have the baby. Um, so that was kind of the longest process. And then after that, it was, um, I mean, blood draws and lots of ultrasounds to kind of start tracking cycles and seeing where everything's sitting. Uh, very similar to an IVF process. Um, and then we did, uh, I would go up to um, to Indianapolis and they would do scans up there and check everything. And then we did a mock trial, which was super interesting um, because we had to time when we needed to do implantation. Um, and so most women you implant, I believe it was seven days. And they did a mock trial where they actually scraped some of the uterine lining and they test the um, the cells to see when you're going to be most fertile to accept an egg or an embryo. And, um, they said, you know, there's just, there's a few women that are a little before or a little after. And thankfully they did that because my day was actually day nine, not seven. So if we had just gone for the first one, we probably wouldn't have had little Emma. We'd probably have a little boy instead. So it was great that we did the mock trial and kind of knew, um, what day they needed to do the transfer on. And, um, then uh, the next cycle, I went back up for the transfer. And then same as IVF, it's tons of, tons of shots and I don't do needles. So that was kind of a struggle, but we got through it. Um, but it was actually really amazing. We had a um, we had a mare last year lose a foal, tragically. Um, she was uh, having a canter with the herd and she um, ran into a fence post and broke her neck. And so it was absolutely heart-wrenching. And we were with the foal. Um, obviously until the vet got there and had her sedated and quiet and everything. And the mayor, um, the mom of the foal is, uh, one of my homebreds. So I had pulled her from her dam. And so her and I are obviously very close. And so the situation was very challenging and heartbreaking for all of us to go through. And when the transfer happened, it was about two months after we had lost the baby. And, uh, she actually came up into the field when I got home, I was out doing some stuff and she came up and it was still three days before I could take a positive pregnancy test. And she put her head on my chest and put her nose on my stomach and just stood there. And, you know, I was just loving on her. I didn't really think anything of it. 
And then mom kind of, I think it was, I don't know if it was mom or Bryce was like, you know, do you think, do you think she knows something? And I was like, you know, I didn't even think about that. She's a very affectionate animal anyway, but it was just interesting how she came over and really just rested on my stomach. And then that night, um, one of our cats who we've had for forever, who was also uh, with me during my last pregnancy and is obsessed with incubating babies, obsessed with it, um, immediately started incubating my stomach. And so I text Chris and Jose and I was like, I think, I think we're pregnant. And they were like, really, there's no way we can know yet. And we knew long before we took the pregnancy test that we were pregnant. It was, Hmm. it was really cool, but it was so fun to have the animals being the one to tell you, you know, that they were all like, oh yeah, there's, there's a bun in the oven. Let's get this thing going. So, uh, but yeah, the process was, other than that, it was pretty smooth. I went back up for an eight week ultrasound in Indianapolis. And at that point I was released from um, Midwest fertility. Um, And then I started with a midwife here in Aiken. Um, who actually kind of counseled us into not doing a hospital birth because um, our first birth was home birth. And so then we uh, went to Savannah and got in with a birthing center there, um, which we absolutely loved. And then Emma decided that, you know, it's not really anybody's decision other than hers anyway. So um, here we are at the hospital. <laughs> Chris and Jose, I know you know Hannah well enough by now, but y'all are screwed if she comes out with even like half of her attitude you're just up a creek i mean you're lucky because hmm Uh, oh you're fine oh we were saying that if uh if emma it's just like hannah we will love it you know what's not a lot to what's not to what what, how do you say what's not to love about (laughs) i don't know about that but they're pretty great guys (laughs) i mean my daughter's a sassy little critter too so i i fully you would, I, I love it. Right? You wouldn't want it any other way, though. I mean, <laughs> the stuff that comes out of Tempe's mouth most of the time leaves me like peeing my pants. So, like, <laughs> I, I'm game. <laughs> I figure it's got to be easier to try and get him to chill a little bit than it is to deal with a kid who is just, you know, can be told anything and will go along with it. So, at least that's what I tell myself to deal with the Absolutely. tremendous amount of attitude. Um. <laughs> What, I know you said there are other embryos remaining. I was about to say on file, but I don't think that's really what I meant. Um, (laughs) Have you guys talked about doing this again? We have, and there, I mean, we don't have any details or anything. It's just a thought, I think, right now. And Hannah and Bryce have, have... are I think agreeable to it. And we're we're on board with another one. So you know, obviously, this is a little girl, and we we'd like to have a little boy, um, but we we just want to have success. We want Emma to come and get. We want to get through this one before we start really venturing down another path, planning the second one. So um, yeah, that's where we're at. And I had no desire to, to do another surrogacy until they brought it up. I, I don't think I would. I wanted to do this once. If it was for another couple, I would not be interested. But we've had so much fun. And it's been great. And it's been so fun to get to know them. They're going to be the best daddies in the world. This little girl is so lucky. So I think we're, we're game to do it again. <laughs> so how has this pregnancy been different um, physically and emotionally than the last one? 
Honestly, not at all. Um, the only frustration I had with this one in the beginning was they had me on restricted activity, um, which I understand why. Uh, but uh, that was challenging. Again, Katie and I have known each other for years and um, sitting is not a uh, common part of my life. Um, nor I don't know that I've ever seen you seated. And yeah, I don't think I do. you actually do sleep. So No, it's really not a cup of tea of mine. So, um, so uh, that part was a little challenging in the beginning. It wasn't bed rest or anything, but it was the simple things of like, I couldn't go out and throw 15 bales of hay, which, you know, I'm taking care of your farm. And so Bryce and my parents were very accommodating um, and helpful to do the heavy lifting on the farm that I couldn't do for a few weeks. But after that, I was back to my normal activity level. Um, I've been riding three horses four to five days a week still, running the farm, throwing, you know, a bunch of hay. And um, it's honestly, physically, it's been exactly the same up until this little entertaining blip on Saturday morning. Um, but, uh, and emotionally, it's, emotionally, it's been absolutely fine. Um, I really, like I said, I really sat with this for a long time before I even talked to Bryce about it. Um, and made sure that I felt like I was uh, emotionally and mentally capable of carrying someone else's child and being comfortable, you know, knowing that this was not my baby, even though your body thinks it is when it comes out, it's not my baby. Um, and so uh, we've, we've all talked about it. It's so funny because people bring up the comment a lot, like, how do you um, make a baby and then give it up? And I'm like, it's, but it's, it was never mine to give up. It's, it's always been Chris and Jose's little girl. So it's just my job to incubate the little cutie and bring her into the world. Um, so I feel like rationally, I've been very good on that level. Um, that being said, one of the reasons we went with this agency is they have a really good counseling program afterwards because we're all moms and we all know the hormones that come in after you give birth. And, um, I want to be prepared for that. I definitely want to be, and we had, we unfortunately had a lot of heartache, uh, the first half of the pregnancy with, uh, some dear friends passing, um, and just, a it was a hard, hard fall. And so I'm very aware that that's probably going to hit me as well. And so we're going to be prepared for that. But um, at the same time, you know, rationally, like I said, I'm sitting with it very well rationally. I just, I know hormones are a, hormones are a beast. So <laughs> I want to make sure I'm prepared for that when it comes around. Do you think it helped the, the mental part of the process that it started as an embryo and not with your... I mean, not with your egg, but also not with your immediate biological involvement in the actually making an embryo, if that makes sense. Uh, I think yes and no. I, I don't know. I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing. <laughs> so I, I feel like um, I, I feel like from the get go, I just emotionally and mentally understood it's not my child. Um, and I feel like that part sat that part sits well with me. We have no desire to have another child. We, uh, we feel like we hit the jackpot. I mean, she is beautiful and wonderful and she's smart and she's kind and she's gentle and she's giving, you know, she's just, she's everything we ever could have wanted for a child. And so we always knew we only ever wanted one and I'm sure the next one would be a demon. Um, and so we just, we sat tight with that and, um, that was actually the really funny part. We were going through some of this paperwork and stuff. You know, Bryce was very adamant as we were talking with our attorney. He's like, but how do we make sure that this child does not accidentally come to us? Because we don't want another one. <laughs> yeah. you know? Don't don't make us guardians of any kind. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, he was like, no, seriously, what if something goes wrong with the birth certificate? And they try to give us the baby. <laughs> 
just like return policy, there is not one. No returns right. without a receipt, no two returns with a receipt. It's your problem okay. now, guys. Right. So it was it was pretty funny. But no, it's it's been it's like I said, it's been a, it's been a really cool process. It's been super cool. And um for the most part it's gone very smoothly, other than this little hiccup and I think this was kind of one of the, the ways the universe says sometimes you need to accept how things are going to go and you need to be willing to adapt and evolve. And so this was definitely not the plan, but we have been willing to adapt and evolve. And at the same time, we're going to spend all this time with Chris and Jose. They've been here since Sunday and we get to spend every day together and we're all just hanging out. We've got dominoes on the floor and uh, Tempe's been ripping up some Uno with everybody. And, you know, we've just been having a good time. That's great. It feels like a... Sorry, like a good introduction to parenthood, too. This is kind of... I think so. You know, yeah, I, I really what it's going to be like. So. Right? So I know you've said that Emma's dictating how things are going to go in terms of the birth, but, um, you know, in, like, detail-wise, is everyone going to be in the room when she's born, or what are your plans for kind of the, the those well, final moments? That's the plan. We're not quite sure about Chris. He doesn't, he doesn't do uh we've been very honest that it's, it's loud and it's messy and yep. he doesn't messy uh, bodily fluids very well. So um, Tempe might be holding his hand in the corner, you know, that's fine. <laughs> She's seen birth before, right? She's seen birth plenty of times. She's very, they've been, they've been very kind. Um, they, they were more than willing to have her in the room with us. Obviously if it's in the middle of the night and she's not here, you know, we're not going to scramble to try to get her here, but um, hopefully she'll get to be here for it too. But uh, for now we're planning on the, in the room will be Chris and Jose and Bryce and me, obviously, and um, Tempe and my mom. So uh, it'll be kind of a room full and uh, we're kind of just gauging who, you know, it's ebb and flow of hopefully one of us are going to catch her. Um, I think it'd be cool to have someone in the family catch her rather than, you know, the doctors or the nurses, but uh it should be it should be really fun. Yeah, we're the only th- the only one we're a little concerned about is Chris over there. We might have him sitting in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't, don't want to hit the floor. We're yeah, the floor. don't let the don't let the baby or Chris hit the floor. <laughs> Keep right. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't be catching either. Take him off right, the list. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he's going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, if this is too personal then you can skip it or tell me that you're not going to answer this question but as a Canadian I know that here um, you're not allowed to pay someone to be a surrogate and I don't know if money is part of the arrangement that you guys have but I'm just curious about the money side of things I guess even in terms of you know like paying for medical expenses and all that kind of stuff how does how do the finance how does the financial side work so there is a financial side to it I'll be the first one to say that wasn't what brought us that direction. Um, it's something we've always wanted to do. It was something we were actually going to do for some very close gay friends of ours growing up or not growing up, but, uh, like initially. Um, and they found out that one of them was infertile and he was the one that wanted to be biological and they had selected a donor egg and everything. And so, um, the financial part wasn't as big for us as it just is something we've wanted to do. The financial part definitely helps. And like, um, uh, the agency said, you know, Mindy was like the, the most beautiful balance you find between a surrogate uh, woman is, you know, that appreciates the money and, you know, uses the money, obviously, to improve things that they need to improve in their lives and all that, but also is just compassionate and caring and really just wants to do this. So um, there's definitely, like, yes, the monetary side is, is, is helpful for sure. But 
Um, and then they do cover all the medical expenses and all of that. Um, but that's uh, not terribly what it's what it's about, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And just being from, you know, being from somewhere where you're not allowed to pay someone, it just, yeah. you know, I, I understand the 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 ethics of that. But, you know, as someone who has born children, I also can appreciate, you know, like there are yeah. something there. Are, you are doing something with your body that has value. Right. Yeah. And, Absolutely. you know, that 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 some that can't be done in any other way. So, no. And it does take a does definitely take a physical toll and like I hadn't thought about what Katie said earlier which is um such a honestly a brilliant statement that the beauty of you know we have three completely healthy individuals after a baby is born where normally you have one and you know the mother is a bit you know it's a process giving birth is it's a big process and it's it's strenuous on your body and it's hard whether it's natural whether it's c-section it doesn't matter it is a hard process and your body goes through the ringer you know, and to have able-bodied individuals when you're recovering is huge. And I honestly hadn't even thought about how helpful that will be um, for all of us as we kind of get going and get settled with little Emma. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering if um, the dads wanted to to chime in again about what um, what the plan is. Um, are they both self-employed? Like, are we taking both taking some time off? What is what is your uh, paternity leave look like in the next hold on they're getting closer so sure i say arlene i want to interject too that hannah a large part of my thought with that was actually that as new parents they will have experienced parents who are not their parents helping yeah. with the baby because absolutely that, well, and that being a first-time parent is a mind fuck to be yeah, sure. it is. So. Total mind it's a challenge. And, and they're very fortunate, too, where they're at. Um, Jose has a beautiful extended family with cousins and sisters and family that are so excited to help. And Chris does, too. And the, the amount of support they have is really incredibly beautiful. It was so touching to be their baby shower had like 150 people. I swear to God, <laughs> there were so many people and it was a majority of it was family. And it was just so touching to see how much support they have. It's going to be a really beautiful experience for them but i'm passing it over to them and i feel like i'm scaring them i hope i'm not i'm an only <laughs> child and didn't grow up with babies so being sent home from the hospital where like somebody else is in charge and knows what the fuck they're doing and then they just let you take this thing home and they just assume that you know what you're gonna like they assume you'll figure it out which you will it'll be fine but it would have been awesome to start out with somebody who'd already done this. That's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess my question was for you guys, what are, what are the next weeks and, and months look like? What are, what are you most excited about and what are, what are your plans with your new little one? Um, you, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, so like Hannah said, we have tons of support. We have tons of family. We have, we have so many friends um, and everybody's so supportive and we have Jose's sister, one of his sisters worked with, uh, works for us full time. So she's with us, you know, five out of seven days a week and another sister works with us one day. Um, so we, we always have, we're always going to have so much support. And, um, I, I always think back to what Hannah has told us several times, 
that, you know, when, when they had Tempe, when Tempe was born, they had all this support at their home. And then at, at a certain point, everybody kind of left and they were home alone with a baby. They're like, oh, shit, what do we do now? Yeah, you know, so that I, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? They they made it through and they just it took it. They figured it out and took it day by day. And I think I, I think we're going to do the same thing, you know, so. We're just so damn excited and just <laughs> over the moon and can't believe this is happening. And I have to pinch myself to, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I just, I would just add like, as far as the, how the next weeks will look for us. Um, definitely we'll take in some time off from work. Uh, we'll still be taking some um, uh, dogs here and there. Um, the main reason we're doing that is because I want um, Emma to start feel comfortable with dogs being around her. Like as far as like barking or um, crying, whatever it is. Because um, 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 even Hannah agrees, and, and I probably every every uh, mom will agree with it, with it is that um, your home, uh, you have to make it feel comfortable for her. So whatever noise, whether it's loud or or not too loud, um, it will be eventually become like comfort for her. Um, so that's where that's where the next weeks uh, will look for us. Um, a busy but not too busy. Um, enough busy to uh, uh, make some money, but not too busy to make her uh, feel comfortable. If, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sorry, I was just thinking about what a lucky kiddo this is to be born into so many families and so many people that love her and worked this hard to to make this happen. I mean, it's really the best possible thing a kiddo can have is to have more people who love them. And that's, yeah, you know, what a, what a wonderful thing. So I'd really like to hear from Katie. all... What? Just one more question, Katie, before we go on. I know I know that you guys have probably told Hannah these things lots of times, but what do you feel about her and the gift that that she's giving you? Are there are there words to to put behind what she's doing for you guys? You know, for me, I try to I try to wrap my head around this whole from the very beginning, um, how we we ended up so damn lucky. Um, Hannah and Bryce and Tempe, they, they're all just angels to me. I just can't... I just still don't understand how we managed to be so lucky. And um, our... We just... We're like... Uh, me and Jose and Hannah and Bryce and Tempe were like peanut butter and jelly. I mean... I just, yeah, and I think it, you know, yet to be seen, but I, I think it's going to be lasting. I think, and I think they're going to be in our lives for a very long time. So. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um, we talked every day, so we get a little bushel, <laughs> but um. 
Sorry. That's okay. I just feel bad that Hannah volunteered for this podcast, and then we've just roped all of you into it. I I mean, I I texted them. I don't know how many times I told them, like, I cannot find words of how to explain to be thankful to her, to Bryce, um, Tempe. It's just like, we're we're just so happy. I, I... there will never be enough work, um, words for me to explain how thankful I am for them. And and like Chris mentioned, um, they have, by now their family they're not even considered friends um, uh, or any you know people that we just met. But they they they've definitely they're definitely part of our family now. And and I know it will last for forever. Um, we'll eventually you know like come visit them or they can go up north and visit us, you know, vice versa. So yeah, we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> but we know Hannah hates the cold. So that's why she ran away from Iowa. <laughs> so more than that, we'll probably come visit them and which we're okay. You know, I, I like, uh, last time we were, we were here towards the end of March. Was it? Yeah. I think it was still kind of March because we were going for a week. Yeah. And I just loved it. Cause it was, you know, like we live in the city and it's, loud all the time um we we're, we're fortunate that we don't live close enough to where there's too many cars but there is enough cars to you can still hear it traffic all that and when we're at, at, the, at their farm it was just like peaceful you don't hear anything but the horses the chicken chickens and uh, but yeah i enjoyed it so i'm looking forward for more of those day, um, days like that and of course uh sharing it with emma and and all of them too. So we ask all of our guests, and I'd love to hear from all four of you, if you were going to dominate a category at the county fair, what would it be? And the categories can be real or made up to ensure that you win. And maybe we should start with Hannah, since I think she's the only one who saw these questions ahead of time. I didn't look at them. Ah! Hey, I never look at them, and I'm a co-host of the show, so... What would we dominate? What would you dominate? What would I dominate? I have no idea. I mean, lack of sleep. I could definitely dominate that one. I could could slice that one up. (laughs) Well, your horses must have the best hair. So, I mean, a certain kind of breed are you the best at? Pretty luxurious. It's pretty luxurious. Um, Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. Something with animals, obviously. What do you have, Bryce? I, I think I would dominate the pie eating contest. Ah, oh, sweet. Quantity yeah, or speed? Um quantity. Yeah, I would want to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. What kind of pie nice. are we talking there, Bryce? Oh. I knew you were gonna ask that. Um <laughs> I or lemon meringue. I really want a lemon meringue pie. I <laughs> We were thinking about this, and nobody will make me one, so maybe they'll have some in the cafeteria. If I oh, could think of a way to ship one, I'd do it, because I love lemon meringue. I'm sure they have it here in the hospital, so maybe I'll have to go down there and look. <laughs> so. All right, Chris, Jose, what do you got? I'm going to piggyback on what Bryce said, and it's the eating part of it, because I just love all the food at the fair. Whatever it is, fried, mm. oh, okay. yeah. I'll, I'll eat it. All the fried stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably me too, because I love to eat. 
<laughs> we're, we're very yeah we're very food very this, food this is why we all get along. <laughs> yeah that's right so you you eat are you eating from the cafeteria or are we uber eating into the uh into the hospital tonight <laughs> we they brought what what last two nights ago they brought us steaks and mashed potatoes and all sorts of yummy stuff last night we had last night we had thai that was fantastic oh delicious so yeah we've been having a good time that's great so we're going to go ahead and move into our cussing and discussing segment. So this is anything goes that can be from a minor pet peeve to major societal issues, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Um, and listeners, if they want to submit their cussing and discussing, you can go to our speak pipe or our email. They're both in the show notes. You can leave us a voice memo or send us an email and we'll read it out. Katie, what are you cussing and discussing this week? I hadn't prepared anything, but I'm, I'm just going to wing it. Um, I am not the most emotionally adept person. I'm not good at, at deep feelings. And so when I had my kids, you know, people say things like, a child is your heart walking around outside of your body. And I was like, the fuck's the matter with you people? You know, like, it is. You guys, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I love that Hannah's snorting over here. Um <laughs> Chris and Jose, I'm I'm so excited for you guys who I've never met, so I can't even imagine how excited you guys are. Um to get to experience that because it's it's unlike anything else, the yeah. love that you will feel for your child. And now that I've now that I've done it for a while, I wish I could go back and experience that first that first experience of it again because it's for me at least being the emotionally stunned little weirdo that I am I frequently try really hard not to think about how much I love my children because it sends me into a very uncomfortable place very quickly and I'm just so excited for all of you to, thank you to get that and if it's overwhelming just don't think about it because it'll it'll just break your heart real quick because it's yeah anyway um are well now how are we going to do this with all four of them arlene we'll just ask if anyone wants to cuss or discuss anything right. and they can jump in they're pretty good at that anybody have anything you want to talk about cussing discussing hannah you've got something Hannah. I've discussed you Hannah, can we see this belly real about. quick before we get off here too? <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly, this is great for an audio medium, Katie. Our our listeners yeah. are gonna love this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> No, she's she's a good girl. She's just chugging along. No. Right. Anybody got anything? I just was going to go off of what Katie said about that first love. And I was going to say, I've already warned them about the first meconium poop. That's, that's what I've been hitting them hard for. So <laughs> all the firsts. I will say when the good old tar, <laughs> when the girl child was like 10 days old, we took her to a young farmer's meeting in a church that for some unholy reason did not have changing tables. Oh, God. And so I was like 10 days post C-section and trying to change a baby who was 
It was like the first poop after the meconium where it just looks like they've exploded. Uh, I assume this is a common thing. And I had to change her like in a sink in this church bathroom. And I, <laughs> I have never questioned whether I should have had children before or after like I did that night. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. So no, thank you. there's that poop. So much poop. There's a lot of poop. It's a lot of poop. Arlene, what do you have to cuss and discuss? So since we decided to move this up and have it be our Mother's Day episode, I am going to cuss and discuss, or mostly cuss, the fact that Mother's Day and planting line up so perfectly. So that there's, unless it rains, and then people are grumpy about the fact that it rains, there's never any chance that Mother's Day is going to be like the relaxing, like go to brunch and get flowers situation that non-farm um, families apparently get. So I want to say happy Mother's Day to any of the moms out there who are maybe, you know, making meals for people out in tractors or looking after kids by yourself or on a tractor with your kids, or maybe you could put the kids on the tractor with your partner and, um, you know, you could drive the tractor by yourself and listen to a podcast instead of listening to people ask when planting is done or whatever. Anyway, it's just... We could move Mother's Day to like January or something, and then we might actually get a day off. Right. Those are the best, unfortunately. I'll say, t- I'll say too that if it's uh, someone who is not a mother listening to this, chances are that you know a mother and you should go do something nice for that person, even if they're not your <laughs> yeah. mother or the mother of your children. Do that. <laughs> it's rarely a bad idea to do something nice for someone. There you go. Uh, so... <laughs> planting conversation here. I just have a funny little note that I found out about the other day that I think you will find entertaining. So we grow roses beautifully down here, which we did not, we're not able to grow up north. And so I was chatting with, uh, I've planted a few and they, they really just grow beautifully down here. But I was chatting with a gal at the flower shop a couple of weeks ago and I was asking her like, I need to learn more about how to prune them and keep them beautiful here and all of these things right and I said do you cut them back like in the fall or something and she looked at me and she goes we're talking about roses right and I said yeah like you know roses and she's like yeah so Valentine's Day is the perfect day to cut them down to the ground and I was like (laughs) that's a good way to remember (laughs) I know I was like that's kind of savage (laughs) so I found that I like that It's a date you can remember. That's good. So, yeah, I want to thank everybody in the room for talking to us today. And we, I know Katie has already said it and we're both going to say it again. We're so excited for all of you. And by the time this episode comes out, there's going to be an Emma in the world. And we will hopefully be able to share some pictures or whatever you guys are, are comfortable with sharing with us and our listeners after she uh, makes her appearance. But good luck in the next few hours and days and weeks. And uh, yeah, we're just so thankful that you came on with us today and we're so open to sharing with us. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And I, Hannah, I know I said, but I hope that this is the most uneventful and boring delivery that could possibly happen. My because last- I feel like that's really the like... I'm you really know. hoping so. My last one totally was, but this, you know, this is just a whole hiccup. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was nice. Thanks, to meet everybody. Thank you guys so much for coming on. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Barnyard Language. If you enjoy the show, we encourage you to support us by becoming a patron. Go to www.patreon.com backslash barnyardlanguage to make a small monthly donation to help cover the costs of making this show. Please rate and review the podcast and follow the show so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Barnyard Language, and on Twitter, we are Barnyard Pod. If you want to connect with other farming families, you can join our private Barnyard Language Facebook group. We are always in search of guests for the podcast. If you or someone you know would like to chat with us, please get in touch. We are a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network.